0: Hello and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks and Joanne Crabtree. And this week we're talking about money. Actually, we're talking really specifically
1: about why you need a six month financial forecast right now. Forecast, that's a really big word, Sarah. What are we talking about? I know, I know trust me, don't turn off this podcast. This will help you. We'll walk you through how to do it. I'm hearing more and more nonprofits starting to express some real anxiety about their finances, especially as they look forward for, let's say, the next six months. For many of us, our PPP loan funds have run out, the fundraising events have been canceled, or the ticket sales we expected from our shows haven't come through. Uh, we don't see an end in sight to the pandemic. And we're getting nervous about our donors and their ability to continue to support our work. There is a lot of unease. And when there's unease, I find a need to try to figure out what the next six months might look like so I can
0: picture where we might be headed. I agree. I think this is really important. And, you know, we've talked a lot in the nonprofit world about really understanding our balance sheet, knowing what assets we have, what we own, what we owe. We've talked a lot about income statements to really understand where our money comes from and where it goes in a holistic way, but we don't talk a lot about you know that cash flow report that, which really is month by month, knowing what the action is, what is coming in, and what is going out in a really fine-tuned sort of way. Absolutely, and. To be clear, I'm not a certified public accountant.
1: I'm just a practitioner who tries to figure out for her own organization where we might be headed. So we're not going to talk in, you know, GAP approved accounting terms today. Uh, We're going to talk just plain and simple, how you might get a handle on where your organization might be headed financially. So perhaps we can help ease a little bit of that anxiety.
0: I heard a big sigh from our audience that we're not talking about GAP approved accounting. So thank you for that clarification. (laughs) Yes.
2: The whole cash flow issue is so complicated because the money going out and coming in each month is hardly ever equal in any organization and so if we're top heavy on our expenses early in the year it can be really scary as what's going to happen for the rest of the year especially when we're in a situation as we are in right now exactly and this is why we're going to walk you
1: through how to do a forecast But if you've been listening to the nonprofit radio show, you know we always start maybe a few 10,000 feet of elevation higher with something like your guiding principles. The three signposts you always have, remember, always go back to them, are your mission, your organizational values. And in this particular case, I think it's really important to work with a group of your staff and board together to create a series of guiding principles about our finances. For example, we believe in holding on to our staff as long as possible, and we will cut hours before positions, or we believe in spending our rainy day funds or reserves, or we don't. There's no right answer on what those guiding principles are, but you first have to start with that conversation before you look at any numbers.
0: I think that's really helpful. We would never set out on a car trip not looking at the street signs or not knowing where we're going. So another confounding issue here is the fact that many small nonprofits are using cash flow accounting. And so we're we are asking folks to imagine money coming in and and going out in the future that may not be showing up in your financial statement. So we just want to recognize that the numbers we're talking about today may not be showing up in your financial statements as you have them, but they're still important to recognize.
2: Two things, what is cash flow accounting? And I want to add to what you said, Nancy, in that not only when you go on a car trip, do we look where we're going, but we have to consider where we're starting from. And that is where that baseline comes in of our finances. Where are we right now? So cash flow
1: accounting, super quick. It just means that you are accounting, and remember, I'm not GAP certified. My understanding of cash flow is you're accounting for the money as it comes in and as it goes out. It's like the way we all do our checkbooks at home. Accrual accounting is the other term that gets used, big fancy word. And it just means that you are booking an expense when the expense happens, maybe not when you pay the bill, And you're booking the revenue when you pledge that it'll occur rather than when it actually does. Usually that's for bigger organizations. And even a lot of big organizations who do accrual actually run their books on cash. So don't worry about it. We're going to walk you through. And again, I think the main point there is that it might just not match the statement you have. So if your treasurer asks a question, just be gentle with them and remind them that what you're simply trying to do is get a rough handle. You're absolutely right, Joanne, too, about the baseline, and I want to start by talking there. I think that's a great place to begin the conversation on how to do this. As just a small disclaimer, I refer to this in my organization as back-of-the-envelope math, which means it is not fancy. It means it's not perfectly accurate. It means it's in round numbers, and it gives a general sense. It's the kind of thing I could sit down and literally sketch out on the back of an envelope. This is what we're talking about today.
0: So, Sarah, I have an envelope in front of me. I'm thinking about my organization. What do I do? Okay,
1: first, you're going to write down on your envelope where you are right now. How much money do you have in the bank? How much money do you have in any other (laughs) pockets around the organization? Again, rough numbers. I don't need to know pennies and cents. I need to know, you know, we have $20,000 in the bank. Got it. Now what? Next, figure out what do you spend each month? And this is not an average number. (laughs) This is actually, I recognize that in January, I may spend more. Joanne mentioned that some of us have big expenses early in the year and fewer expenses later in the year. Write down what you typically spend each month. You can look backwards to do this. Like, I, I don't know, does it change in February? Does it change in November? But then you have to think about what are my actual expenses right now? Some of us have fewer expenses right now. We're not paying for electricity in our offices if we're still working remotely. We're not spending money on food for that event. That's not going to happen. So adjust that and create a number on your back of your envelope, write down August. And you think in August, we're going to spend $10,000. And in September, we're probably going to spend $15,000 because we're going to do that online auction and it costs $5,000. You know, in October, we're going to go back to eight. Just write down those rough numbers. What do I think I'm going to spend? And use your past data to guide you and then use your own thinking about where you are now to adjust.
0: So I have my envelope. I have 12 columns. I used last year to predict this year, but then I tinkered up and down based on what reality is.
1: Perfect, right? It took not long. You're okay. And again, it's not perfect. It's back of the envelope math. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Next, we have to think about what might happen in the next six months from a revenue side. So we just dealt with expenses. Sometimes you'll hear someone talk about that as a burn rate. If you wanna use like a cool financial term, you can whip that one out at a dinner party. Our burn rate is this. Now you're interested though in your revenue, right? What do I think is gonna happen in the next six months? So in August, and I think you wanna come up with three different ideas for those six months. Let's picture one is, it is awesome. Things work out great. What is the best thing that could happen, right?
0: The awesome forecast. Love it. The awesome
1: forecast. Sunny skies. Yeah. Couldn't be better. And then you want to think about what's the sort of average, eh, partly cloudy forecast. Like if things were just sort of, eh, okay. And then you want to think about, okay, what would the truly bad scenario be? Like things are not going our way. It looks awful. What's the awful forecast? So think about August where, again, start looking at the, by looking at the past. So to create those revenue scenarios, you're gonna think about what typically happens in August and what are my revenue sources. To keep it simple, let's imagine you only have one revenue source. It's a gift from the Smith family. Maybe in the best case option, you imagine speaking with them and asking them to increase their gift. And this year, instead of giving you $10,000 like they have every August, they gave you 15. That'd be an awesome outcome for your column one in your chart. It may be that they're able to give the same amount, which is amazing and fits right in with that. What about the fair kind of middle of the road approach? And then worst case would be, oh my goodness, they aren't able to give to us at all and we get zero revenue. You'll do that for each month. So in each month, you'll look back. What did September look like for the past couple of years? Is it a big revenue month for us or a low revenue month for us? And you'll do that same tinkering it's exactly the right word for it, (laughs) that same tinkering, what do I know about this year? We're not doing that event. We are doing this event and put out your financial forecast, just like the weather forecast of what you think could happen.
0: I think that's great. And you've talked about an organization that has one revenue source, say the Smith family, but you could do it for all of your major revenue sources. So if you're a theater with ticket sales, you can think about, are you selling nothing or are you doing something online or what are the scenarios there? right? You can really vary it by your major income sources. Right.
1: Depending on how complex your organization is, you might need a slightly larger envelope. You know, some of us are number 10 envelopes. Some of us need that 19 (laughs) envelope, but it can all still be done in this very simple way.
2: And of course, I'm going to be a proponent of using a spreadsheet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. technology is fine too, and it can be (laughs) helpful. So now that you've got your estimation for your expenses for each month, and your estimations for what it could look like for your revenue, you do the simple subtraction effort to see where do we end up? Do we end up six months from now okay, meaning we are breaking even, or we uh, actually have a small surplus or a large surplus? Or are we finding ourselves losing money? And then, if that's the answer, if in any of those scenarios you're losing money, then you go back and match to those guiding principles that started you out which is either we've agreed we do spend reserves or we don't. We've agreed we preserve staff rather than programs or programs rather than staff or whatever those guiding principles were. And then you're able to figure out, okay, what might we do?
0: I love that. So we talk a lot about scenario planning, which is again, a big word like forecasting and what scenario planning really is. What are different things that could happen? What are different storylines that could unfold for our organization? So once you have that envelope or that spreadsheet or whatever of all your forecasting data, you can start to play around with what to do with whatever the result of those conversations are. You can do that scenario planning, create new stories, different stories, good stories, bad stories, and have great conversations with your board, your staff, your donors, everybody who cares deeply about your mission.
2: And your forecast is your financial estimate of what would happen with each of those three different situations, those scenarios.
1: Right, and remember that at that point, when you're having that hard look at, okay, now the numbers, the data does tell us that we may be in a problem spot come October or November or January, and you're going back to those guiding principles, you have different options. There's no one right way to solve that mathematical problem. You could try to imagine new ways to bring in revenue. You could try to imagine ways to save on your expenses. Anything you do in that time, you must recall, is a statement of your values as an organization. And I've seen some incredible examples from organizations who take very seriously to heart, for example, issues of racial equity and social justice, and are thinking about that when they make those decisions about how would we address a shortfall. Who might we want to make sure stays on in the organization or is made as whole as possible in our organization? And how might we do that? The reason you need to do the numbers first is so you know what the magnitude of the problem is that you may be facing financially. And then you can have those those deep philosophical values-laden conversations about how we want to do it. The beautiful thing about mathematical problems like this is there's
0: always more than one way to solve it. And the numbers are always not emotional. It's we human beings who bring emotion to those numbers. I love options. I love values. I love this conversation. What's our word of the week? Our word of the week is resolve. Why that? We've chosen the word resolve
2: because we would like you to make a firm determination to do something.
0: I'm a muller. I stay up at night thinking about things, and I, you know, things ramble through my brain when they shouldn't, when I should be sleeping, when I should be doing other things. And I think about the Zagarnik effect, and that is a psychological term that says that when we don't finish tasks, we keep thinking about them, that our brains yearn for completion. So, resolve for me means that I'm resolving to think about it now so I can sleep tonight.
1: And I think about the word as resolve, which is this notion that you've got to look at the problem from different angles. Instead of just accepting, oh, oh, we have a financial problem, let's actually solve it. Let's look at what it would look like to make sure we don't have a problem six months from now. And doing that now is going to be way better than doing it in six months. So we know that this is a scary and unsettling time. And we also know that as human beings, uncertainty is probably our least functional mode to be in. But you do have what you need in your organization right now to help resolve at least a little bit of that stress and anxiety of uncertainty by just taking a few hours to sit down with that envelope and actually calculate out what might this look like. Then your organization can have real honest conversations about what decisions it might need to make to make this work for your mission. Remember, this pandemic, while it feels long, will not go on forever and at some point your business model will return to its normal pace and you'll be able to do the great work that you always do. But in the meantime, we have to be thinking about how we're going to make it through. You've got everything you need. You always put your mission first, your values and your guiding principles. Do your math before you're in a crisis and you'll be able to be that calm, mission-centered leader your movement needs. You've got this.
2: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll share this episode of the Nonprofit Radio Show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Nonprofit Radio Show Sunshine for small nonprofits. Tune in for our next episode on your favorite podcasting site or at nonprofitradioshow.com. Nonprofit Radio Show is hosted by Nancy Bacon, Sarah Brooks, and Joanne Crabtree. Music composed by Riley Crabtree.